I am so excited to be here, and let me start off the podcast by saying, Feliz Dia de los Muertos a mi podcast hermanos, David y Gabriel. <laughs> 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 I love I love you trying. I love it, dude. I, yeah, I tried. That was like uh, that was like the the, uh, the international soccer announcer, the football announcer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I tried. I was like, I really hope I do not offend Gabe. <laughs> I, I, uh, you just went straight into it. I was laughing at Gabe's side eye. Really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> punto, punto. Um, yeah, that's great, dude. That was awesome. Nice, you know, uh, yeah. I yesterday. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter when when this comes out, but uh, yesterday was Halloween, <laughs> and <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> and today is Dia de los Muertos, and I hope everybody out there watches Coco. Just watch Coco; mm -hmm. it's great. Mm -hmm. It's the best. Oh, it's um, so good. I love Latin America. I love all things. Uh, Spanish speaking. Also, I like things Portuguese as well. Like, sure. I like. Uh, I remember in uh, Williamsburg, this old uh, Brazilian dance dance party bar, Bembe, and uh, you know that's something that we can't we can't go do now. We can't go dance at Bembe because oh. of um, you know because oh, we have to wear masks. masks. Yeah, yeah. But as soon yeah. as we get a vaccine, Davidi Daniel, well, let's yeah. go. Let's go to a, a Brazilian dance party together. That would be such a nice, uh, like Ponzi Scream live show. It's like, it's a, it's, it's, it's like a Bembe dance class, really. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see you guys like just try out some uh, rudimentary capoeira moves. Yeah, oh, that'd be cool on stage. Yeah, I, I I remember right as I was starting college, I had people who lived in like the dorm rooms next to me who literally said, oh, dude, we're going out to the park to do some capoeira. That <laughs> like is, they, That is like the was, epitome of like 17 year old white dude. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. like it's like you're in a capoeira right in the same time that you're really into like walking on the tightrope mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. hookahs. It's kind uh, of all the same aesthetic yeah. for certain for a certain milieu of weight. <laughs> I'm a I, I'm a slack lining and hacky sack bro myself. I like both those. Yeah, yeah. Are you good? Yeah. Uh, I'm not a good slack liner, but I I remember when those kids first started doing it in McCarran Park. There was a small collective of slack liners, and uh, and that first generation of them went on to like tour the world, leading workshops. I thought you were gonna yeah. say like they went on to found Google or something. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they yeah. Well, you know what? I think that Google probably has as one of its extracurricular activities on campus oh, totally. a slack lining workshop right oh, next to it. the right next to the juggling workshop. Yeah, I'm sure. Right next to like yeah. the four star chefs that they took away from the restaurants. Uh-huh. Now, 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 like, are working in the kitchens for, like, $500,000 a year. They brain-drained all the Michelin restaurants in uh, in Northern California? Uh, I, yes, yes. I, <laughs> I, this is, like, a thing that I have a real big point of contention with at Silicon Valley because I've never been to Palo Alto, but everyone says it is devoid of culture completely. And I'm like, couldn't these tech bros get, like, a cool girlfriend to open up a cool bar? in Palo Alto, and it seems like the answer to that is no, because Google has hired the girlfriend, too, to make them, <laughs> <laughs> to make them like, the in-house cool person or something like that, the campus Wow, chef. that's yeah, so yeah. cool. Like, you know how, like, every uh, ca campus dorm has a RA? Like, yeah. the Google campus yes. has, like, party people? Or like yeah. they're like, what is your title? Uh, I'm a uh, I'm an on campus charismatic, <laughs> and like your job yeah, oh is just God. to bring <laughs> good vibes. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's I'm a, too real. I'm a, <laughs> like, I'm a muse coordinator. Uh. Yeah. What up? What up, bros? Hey, I, I just came uh, during your coffee break. I'd love to share these these hot memes with you. You guys ready for my dank memes? Yeah. And you just like you have like five or six different text threads, and you like th you're, you've got pods. <laughs> That you send your memes yeah. to, and then you're like, "Oh shit, dude! I just made this like Gruyere, like grilled cheese. It's dope. You guys should try it. Like, here's the uh, recipe for it. Would anybody like some some bites? Yeah, 
that you, dude yeah. they're they're, they're going to hire they're going to hire that guy and then they're going to hire my uh RA in college oh. which was my my friend Jeremy who would just hang out at in his room wearing the oldest pair of Converse I have ever seen and just doing too good at Tetris on the highest level. Like literally like literally just like being like, hey dude, how's it going? And like just like oh, like yeah. blocks, 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 oh, yeah. blocks. Oh, yeah. Holding a holding a conversation. Hell I yeah. Those guys. I, I love want- those guys. And I love <laughs> um like adults who are way too good. Like who can actually solve a Rubik's Cube and are just carrying around a Rubik's Cube with them everywhere. That's like the same kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh also, it's sad, too, because I'm just finishing up uh, listening to K- Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm. RIP, and it's becoming more and more evident that if he were born 30 years later, he would not work in, like, the Rainbow Room or the back of some, like, Greasy Spoon Diner, but rather would literally be the chef <laughs> at, at, like, a Google campus because they're just sort of like, yeah, the money's good. And he's just like, all right, I will do that. <laughs> he's be, he'd, he'd be the omelet man for Apple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, well, today on Ponzi Scream, we are here before the election, and it's just crazy that we have predicted everything that has happened so far. Um, you're listening to this now after the election. And it's just kind of, I think that you all should just be impressed by us. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you'll see, hear some exclusive content about um, us predicting Texas down to the num- to the specific vote count. That's right. Uh, That's sub- right. Subscribe to the Patreon and you can hear why our analysis on how North Carolina was polled was inaccurate for Jorgensen. And <laughs> you can... Also subscribe and hear why Arizona is the new uh, home of the DSA left. And yes, those are uh, all sorts of things that you can get. And we are very proud of uh, the fact that we called the election very strongly for name redacted. uh, And (laughs) we will uh, stand by our, you know, electioneering and poll analysis until the day we die. But in the meantime, we're going to get to something much more important. Um, and that is uh, Brazilian meat producers be- being charged by the SEC uh, for bribing Brazilian uh, securities uh, regulators. And what is amazing about this story, this, this happened uh, earlier in October. So there are these Brazilian billionaires, uh, this family called the Batista family. Uh, Brazilianaires, thank you. <laughs> yes. Brazil, Brazil, Brazilian, Brazil, Brazil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. That, that, there's only. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Brazzers, zillionaires. Uh, they've made a lot of. They've made a lot of money off of pornography. Brazzers, Brazzers. Okay. Well. Anyways, I think Gabe got it right the first time. Um. So. The SEC charges uh, the Batista family, the Josley Batista and Wesley Batista, and their companies, J&F Investimentos and JBS, uh, which is uh, the global meat and protein producer. A protein producer! Um, Ew. Yeah. Uh, and so basically they, they, were, they paid $27 million to the SEC. There was this big bribery scheme that was taking place over the course of multiple years. Basically, uh, how this all happened, the JBS family, the JBS company is a very interesting company. The Batistas are very interesting people. They, according to their Wikipedia page, were heavily uh, accused of uh, and being a part of the bribery schemes that took down former president of Brazil, Lula, and also Dilma Rousseff. Uh, leading to the Bolsonaro regime, who is now in power. And the JBS billionaires basically have just been bribing everyone in Brazil. That's just kind of how they operate. Uh, yeah. And that's just, that that's their thing. And, you know, let them, you know, have their own space. And, you know, we want to, like, create a safe space for that. However, they made a bit of a, a whoopsies 
in 2009, they acquired Pilgrim's Pride Corporation, uh, which is a chicken, largely it's like a, a chicken agro, agro company. Not like yeah. aggressive chicken, but like agricultural chicken company. And you guys have seen Pilgrim's before. Pilgrim's Pride uh, chicken, like eggs will be in the grocery store. They're generally among the worst of the eggs. They're like the white, they're like the white styrofoam container with the blue and white logo. Do you guys know which one I'm talking about? Uh, no, but whatever. Yeah, so they're shitty <laughs> eggs. Okay, I fine. mean, ge- fine. generally, gen- <laughs> generally speaking, or specifically, no, but generally, I do relate to this shitty egg thing because when I do buy eggs, you do like peruse the section and you'll be like, okay, let's see what we got here. And like some of the real natural eggs, they'll come in like a you know, an eco-friendly, like clear mm-hmm. carton that you can recycle, and they're br- they're they're brown for whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they're real big, and you're like, oh, those are, those seem like healthy, good eggs, and then you do see the ones that are like these these chickens lived lived a horrible life eggs. Yeah, <laughs> I just uh, I, I I open up the the cheap styrofoam jumbo eggs and I flip them over, and you know, at least at my bodegas, half of them are like cracked or broken. And then, uh, and then I give up on on eating chicken eggs, and I just get myself like uh, twelve little blue quail eggs to eat. <laughs> yeah, I'm going straight. I'm straight. I'm going straight for the quail eggs. Can section. I get a dozen of those little tiny eggs? Thank you. Mm. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a little. I'm a little fancy boy. Also, side, <laughs> these side, uh, Jose uh, Josely, Josely Batista. He's the a thousandth and one richest person in the world oh good uh, for her. at, at uh, 2.1 billion dollars <laughs> and him and his brother wesley look like they look wh- who are those guys who are those um those rich kids who were in the basketball card that killed their parents um the basketball killing parents re- no they were very famously shot like like um they were very very famously in the background of a basketball card for a Knicks game. Do you guys remember that? I just know the M- Melendez brothers. Who- the Menendez, Menendez. Yeah. They look exactly like if they grow up, they grew up. They look exactly like That Menendez. was the weirdest <laughs> way to get us to the Menendez brothers where you could have just said <laughs> remember those two psychopaths from LA that shotgunned their parents while they were in bed? Oh, I didn't remember that part. <laughs> you just remembered. Just, do you just remember people who were in the background of basketball photos? Is that your? No, it was very. <laughs> it was very well publicized. A couple, like three years ago, they were like, "If you buy this guy's rookie card, the Menendez brothers are in the background of this Knicks game." <laughs> that's that's okay, great. So they, I learned so something anyways, new on this pod. Yeah, yeah. Ponzi no. is all about education, man. And Manette. the Jolesley brothers look like a basketball card. Is that the takeaway? Look, you could uh, look Menendez brothers basketball card. It's one of the first things that pops up. Uh, yeah, there, there they are. And if you guys want it, they're on Mark Jackson's one of Mark Jackson's basketball cards. Perfect. Well, I think we found the um, the graphic for this week's episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically, what happened was the. Uh, the Batista brothers uh, have this holding company called JNF Investimentos, and that company is an investment company that owns JBS, and JBS owns Pilgrim, okay, following mm-hmm. all that stuff, okay? So through that, they own Pilgrim, which is a U.S. company, right? This is a uh, so a subsidiary, a one sub- might say. Now a subsidiary of the Brazilian company jbs right yeah and you know this this sort of stuff happens all the time and but because of that they are uh they have to comply with american laws and that includes fcpa which is the foreign corrupt practices act which says that bribing is bad it's a (laughs) that's the that's the entire law and they that might not be the same thing in brazil uh we want to you know be tolerant of other people's laws and the enforcement thereof. But Brazil's finance minister was getting approximately $150 million in bribes. Woo! Using in-part funds from intercompany transfers, dividend payments, and other means. 
obtained from JBS operating accounts, okay? Containing funds from pilgrims. That's where the SEC can get in is because some of it is pilgrim money that's going to the Brazil finance minister, right? And so, yep, yep. I I was just going to say, it's one of those things where uh, these guys, if they are Brazilian beef producers, it means that they are also cutting down the rainforest. Oh yeah, as as well. Big, they're big time cutting down the rainforest. That's a big issue uh, with the Amazon, uh, and as far as like a- agribusiness and, and beef beef production. Yes, according to the Guardian, the JBS is the world's biggest meat company. By the way, which is pretty whoa, pretty cool. Yeah, yep. Doesn't have the biggest hog, but is the biggest meat company, and they are apparently uh, a big part of um, getting cattle supplied from a farm in the Brazilian Amazon. Uh, and b- even though it's uh, participating in some illegal deforestation, this is the fifth time in a year that allegations have surfaced connecting JBS to Amazon farmers linked with illegal deforestation. Okay, that, that's from July of this year. Uh, so yes, they are playing it both ways. Like with all billionaires, they are going to bribe Lula and they're also going to profit from Bolsonaro, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they don't, they're a very apolitical when it comes to, it doesn't matter if it's the social Democrat Lula and Dilma Rousseff, or if it's, you know, the, you know, kind of like neo-fascist anti-environmentalist Bolsonaro. You got to hedge uh, your bets, man. Look, if you got money. Uh, it doesn't matter who, what team's in charge. Mm-hmm. Just got to be on the right side of that team. Yeah, and um, more specifically, the um, they could be fined by um, what was the what was the for, forgive me what was the body that was fining them from the United States? The David? SEC. Yeah, the SEC. The SEC could find them all they want, but I mean, I think it's sort of more of a question of will we continue importing or or exporting to them like with their with their their beef you know oh yeah uh, <laughs> i mean i mean think about this i mean the numbers on this are insane right they're they're the, these two billionaires had to pay 27 million okay mm. i'm not a scientist but that's not very much money compared to a billion mm. to compared to billions of dollars and also they had been bribing the uh, Brazilian finance minister, 150 million. So even the amount that they're paying is just that's just a tax. That's just a cost of doing business. It it it, it means nothing to them. It's a, it's a tax that would be higher than any meaningful tax that we give billionaires in the United States <laughs> if, they, <laughs> if they if they if they were paying it as a tax there. We will, yeah the pun the punishment for bribing foreign elected officials is that you actually have to be taxed at all a yeah, some, yeah. a small <laughs> amount <laughs> yes yes <laughs> they're like oh darn it you caught me okay uh so that's um it's just i don't know i'm 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 doing a little bit of math right here uh so we can get it correctly yeah, I mean it's the equivalent of if they if all their wealth is like a dollar, it would be the equivalent of them dropping a penny on the ground and then they just like whoop, keep going. Yeah, love the Batistas. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um it, it's uh it's very exciting and they uh they they've found themselves to be uh in a bit of a pickle because you can you while you want to expand your you know multinational corporate empire all over the place you also have to comply with all these different rules in different countries all of a sudden and you can get a slap on the wrist from a bunch of different people who knows maybe they also got some sort of anti-bribery charge for having uh for owning a a, a german company or owning you know in a, a chinese company or something like that and then all of a sudden they're they're just getting little slaps on the wrist from all over the place. Every single jurisdiction you operate in and own as a subsidiary, you're going to, you know, get a little bit of something from 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 these from these bribery things. Well, uh for me the 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 biggest takeaway is it's nice to put a uh, face to the deforestation of the Amazon rainforest. Uh these are the guys that are shooting the two cans uh in the face and chopping off their beaks and 
you know, just creating more pastures for us to get cheap steaks and uh, shitty eggs. Mm-hmm. And they are the Menendez brothers. That's exactly <laughs> who we're. Yes. <laughs> yes. Every breakfast cereal uh, mascot is being shot in the face by a blunderbuss by the by individually by these two guys. <laughs> Tony uh, the tiger, the two ca- two can Sam, uh, the leprechaun. He lives in the Amazon now. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's a Kicks child that lives in the forest now, right? Yeah, the Kicks child lives in the forest now. The the one who, the, <laughs> yeah, mo, kid tested, mom approved. Kid was tested actually uh, with napalm. <laughs> yes, yes, it was really fucked up. Actually, destroyed the Vietnamese forests. Um, so th- this is a thing that's also been coming up as being a big pro. Like, th- yeah, the election is at hand a lot. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about it, but another huge development, uh, really in the United States, for you know, depending on who you talk to, one of the bigger developments in the economy that's happened recently has been this re- recent antitrust scrutiny of all the different tech firms, and the big ones uh, have been or and remain Apple, Amazon, Google, and. Who's the last one? Facebook. Facebook. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So collectively, they have, you know, everyone's been kind of railing on them, you know, on the left and the right, actually. It's one of the antitrust scrutiny of, of Silicon Valley is one of the few things that some Republicans and some Democrats have in common that isn't a starting a war, right? They, um, so th- th- this, this unites people like, uh, Rep, you know, Representative Dave Cicilline. This rep- uh, unites Elizabeth Warren, but also people like Josh Hawley. Uh, you know, who mm-hmm. for he was a Republican senator from Missouri. As he went to Stanford Law, also is from Kansas City. Went to Rockhurst High School in Kansas City. Uh, very much a good old boy uh, prep school, and he is for all of that. Him being a conservative guy, he is very much critical of big tech monopolies. So in the House, when the Democrats retook control of the House, one of the things they started doing was an inv- uh, doing some investigation into these big four, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, and Google. And mm-hmm. they published a report, Representative Cicilline, I, is, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, uh, he published this report that basically accused each of those four companies of committing different forms of antitrust violations and that yeah. those uh each one's got three big ones and a lot of it has to do with stealing ideas of upstarts cutting out competitors and giving preferential treatment to personalized products to affiliated products that are owned by these companies and that is how antitrust enforcement is essentially enforced these days, right? So Microsoft had a pretty big and similar case against them in the 90s, which was they were essentially, they owned the software of, I think, Internet Explorer, and they also owned just an insane amount of computers. I mean, before the iPhone, everyone had only some form of a Microsoft computer. There was really no competition. Hell yeah, with Uh, a Pentium 2 processor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Loved yeah. Windows ninety five. It was so good. That was my jam, dude. <laughs> dude, lar- large swath. I mean, it's it's still funny because large swaths of the um of the bus- the business the business you know chunk of stuff is still Microsoft. You know, we think about Apple as this very synonymous thing, but it's still like yeah, they most businesses and what have you still largely use Microsoft based operating systems. Yeah, yeah your your true. dad will come home with a laptop, and you're like, what is that? That's not a MacBook. Yes. Why do you have that trash laptop? <laughs> Brian absolutely is doing that. <laughs> he's got his set. He's got his setup downstairs in the playroom with his his recording studio. My dad is loving it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, there are definitely like a lot of business work is done still on Microsoft products, but Apple's really um, become a, a reasonably sized competitor. Right, they, they the iPhone yes. is still outperforming any 
I mean, definitely any Microsoft product, but outperforming any Google product uh, or anything else. And or Samsung product for that matter, dude. When I used to see a politician on a BlackBerry in a photo, I was like, I'm not voting for this person. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> dude. We still we still make fun of Android phones, even if they're like the top one. Like if it's like the Google Pixel or whatever, and you see somebody with an Android phone, they're just sort of like, damn, dude, you have, <laughs> you just you did the government give you like a nice little gift because you were doing so bad. Like what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just don't. Um, people care more about the fact that your text messages come in green than almost anything yes. else. <laughs> yes, yes, that's hugely synonymous. It's just like I don't care how fast this YouTube video is loading. I don't care how good the technology is for the pixelated, you know, 4K or whatever. It's just like your text is in green. I can't tell whether you're typing or not, and I don't trust you. That is that is a, a huge monopoly that uh google or excuse me apple just has on its own is whether or not you can know if somebody's typing that's <laughs> so important <laughs> um so what had happened was in 2012 the federal trade commission which is what the obama administration uh under the obama administration tried to look into some of these uh activities of google right and a lot of what is alleged under Google is, look, Google is like 90% these days of all searches that occur uh, are done. That's right. Who's using DuckDuck? Who's using DuckDuck? <laughs> yeah. Duck, you know? Duck, yeah, dude. Looking at, looking at search results history is like looking at like the composition of the atmosphere. It's like 80% nitrogen and then Bing is the oxygen and then DuckDuckGo is like argon. Just like disparate elements of it sprinkled in, but it's largely Google. Yeah, uh, this uh, is the 100%. wild thing right now is that I'm on Google searching for other search engines other than Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, no, Gabe, you're gonna break the system. No. <laughs> um, another thing that's kind of crazy about Google is that they have an unspoken relationship that the Times covered pretty extensively uh, last weekend with Apple, wherein all Apple searches done or all iPhone searches done are automatically processed on a on the Google search engine. So even if you're using Safari on your iPhone, it is still doing a Google search on Safari. What? Does that make sense? <laughs> so I so, knew that. Wait, what? That's what it's been doing? Yeah. <laughs> this entire been, time? Yeah, this entire time. So if you do uh, I mean if you do like www. Uh, you know, goodorbit.com slash Ponzi scream, uh, then you, that, that will take you to the website directly using Safari. But if you go on your Safari web browser on your iPhone and click good orbit Ponzi scream, that is doing a Google search. Okay. So that yeah, has been okay. basically uh, the relationship that the times uncovered or was talking about was the fact that uh, Google for nearly since the iPhone came out, Google has been just annually paying Apple billions of dollars, just like lump sum money to allow for Google searches to be the default search engine on all iPhones, including Siri. If you do anything with Siri, when Siri is doing a search, huh. it's doing a Google search. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that is among the anti-competitive practices that are, that are kind of being discussed and thrown around. Um, so Obama tried to do this in 2012. He didn't really get very far uh, for whatever reason. They just kind of, uh, from what reporting has kind of said, it just didn't really, uh, it, it just didn't really get, it, it, it just didn't get anywhere. They didn't get enough information. It didn't go far enough. Thank you. And they now, once the Democrats retook the House in 2019, they published this report came out with these 12 steps uh, for three of them, each for the four companies. And now the Department of Justice is filing this suit against Google before the election. We That's such a we it's such weird timing. I mean, like, I don't know why they would. I, I don't know. It, it's I mean, like, oh, th thank you, Bill Barr. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's what's interesting about the tech companies and is the fact that it is not something that has a cultural signifier that uh, conservatives can like hold on to. 
And they're not mm-hmm. big donors to red states, conservatives. They'll give to Republicans on like the national level, just like how the billionaires do in Brazil. They give to both parties just to hedge their bets. But they don't, they're not re- like California is where they're based. California is and will be for some time a blue state. And so long as that is true, these Republicans don't really hold any allegiances to big tech in the same way that they do to like agriculture and oil and gas and pharmaceuticals, you know, things like that, uh, where, where these, Mm -hmm. where they're based in those States. Right. And they also big tech is like coastal and snobby and iPhone and Mark Zuckerberg and Barack Obama and all of these just things that are, cultural signifiers that are very distant from, you know, Republican cultural signifiers of like steak and gas and cars and whatever other things. So they can, they kind of have some wiggle room to actually be more aggressive on antitrust if they want to. And so they, that is part, I think of why they're doing it and why they kind of have the ability to do so, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think there is an irony there, especially because like, um, tech the tech industry as a whole has infiltrated large portions of you know middle america or what have you i mean austin texas that's not middle america per se but you know it's the south uh they have a huge tech sector denver has a huge tech tech center yeah but those are in liberal areas that don't really that's true i guess you're right about that yeah you know i mean like it's not like those people are going to vote blue no matter who like if you live in austin you're either not going to vote you know, unless you're an executive of a tech firm in Austin. So they're so they're able to do it. I mean, it's just it's like a very it's a very strange enemy of my enemy is my friend thing, wherein like all of a sudden you have these right wing Republicans agreeing with Elizabeth Warren that Jeff Bezos sucks. Right? Like the like the president is just like shitting all over Jeff Bezos and you know, Iraq war proponent kinds of people are like Jeff Bezos is good. Why are you why are you shitting on Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos is fine. He's an American and stuff. And then like all the people who are on the left and f- for some reason Trump supporters are like, no, Jeff Bezos really sucks. Um, and it's just a very it's just a strange, almost like bedfellow uh, of 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 these sorts of anti tech folks. Yeah, yeah, it is it, it is interesting when you it, you know it's somewhat legitimized when you do get trump eventually doing his patented like he's a real bad guy he does he's not good he's not good look what he's doing he's trying to take over your computer he's trying to take it over <laughs> get, get, get inside your email and talk to your 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 daughter and your and your son um yes so you're i mean yeah you're right david yeah they definitely do they it, it's closer than we imagine yeah so i mean that's and it's weird that there hasn't been much antitrust movement in other sectors, but maybe if like ConAgra and I don't know what's uh, you know, some of these other big like industrial monopolies moved to California, then all of a sudden, you know, Republicans from Iowa, Texas, and Missouri would be like, yeah, fuck those guys. You know, they'll all of a sudden be huge anti-monopolists all, all, all of a sudden. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think that's, that's one of the weird little backdoor ways to prosecuting them it's uh uh i think it might be worth pointing out though that it seems like one of those things that would slip in under the radar uh without anybody noting like like if you uh, the only way you're going to actually persecute you know drug companies uh you know big agribusiness and what have you is if you uh, do that to the tech companies first, and then somebody like <laughs> some very clever lawyer is like, ah, 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 I found precedent in this weird esoteric tech case. So right, I don't know. yeah. I mean, you could see that. Yeah, that that would be that'd be really that'd be interesting. It's just, it, but it's like a state attorney general, unless they have like a lot of clout or like high profile or have some like protection. You know, they're doing it. So also like this lawsuit that that the that Bill Barr is filing is also in concert with a bunch of other states that are filing a similar antitrust lawsuit against Google. And basically with antitrust, it has a redundant enforcement in that you can have there's two agencies federally, the FTC 
and the attorney general that can enforce antitrust. And then mm. every single state attorney general can also enforce antitrust. And so uh, there's like a bipartisan coalition of state attorneys general who are also participating in this. But I think that ultimately, if you're not working in a concerted fashion with other states or if you don't have some high profile status, it's just too risky and it's too expensive and it's too political to go after domestic monopolists. Um, it's just not really, I'm sure like we've had, you know, the state of New Jersey has had plenty of democratic attorneys general, but they're not going to do antitrust stuff against pharmaceutical companies because big pharma is in New Jersey in a huge way, you know, I yeah. mean, that even affects Cory Booker, Cory Booker voted against some bill that would have allowed Americans to buy prescription drugs in Canada. And his excuse was, he said, well, because I think it would be dangerous because Canadian drugs are dangerous. That's what uh, I've always heard. They have no regulations up there and they cut, no. um, they cut all the, all the drugs that you could, t your Lipitor with arsenic. So <laughs> you think you're just going to lower your cholesterol and you're fucking up, up a Creek without a paddle. But but Cory Booker is uh, coincidentally also receiving enormous amounts of money from the pharmaceutical industry, as is any high-profile no. Democratic. Yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> I mean, like, any high-profile Democratic senator in, in New Jersey, I'm sure Bob Menendez is getting more than Cory Booker, but um, of course he is. And if he's not getting at an insane amount, he knows exactly where the jobs are where the white collar jobs are in northern New Jersey. And a lot of those are at these pharmaceutical, you know, biomedical research firms and stuff. Um, and that sort of stuff doesn't didn't affect um Ted Cruz voted for the so this is like this is from 2017. I it just like I always think of it when I think of this sort of, you know, regulations on corporate entities. And yeah. it this particular vote, Bernie put it out in like early 2017. He said bill to allow for Americans to buy prescription drugs in Canada. Cory Booker voted against it. Ted Cruz voted for it. That's so funny. I love that, man. I really love that. Uh, it's yeah. just, you know, I mean, does Ted Cruz have, is there a huge biopharma sector in Texas? And if so, do they support Republicans? You don't, you don't understand, David. Uh, Cory Booker had to vote against the far, uh, th this bill uh, because the pharmaceutical industries are, have the very important task of keeping the Jersey Devil at bay in the Pine Barrens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have a very, a very powerful force field keeping him in. And if you stop that, he's going to get out. The price of insulin <laughs> has to go up because we have to pay the witches off. Yeah, the very haunted Pine Barrens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I guess you guys aren't uh, aren't aware of GlaxoSmithKline's um, metaphysics department of research and development. Yeah, <laughs> where they keep a coven on staff. Yeah, <laughs> it's really important because the Jersey Devil will uh, will devour your soul, and they will, uh, and they without will a soul, it. doesn't matter how much Lipitor you use. Yeah, you're no. up that creek <laughs> without a paddle, baby. Yeah, no. <laughs> I I just want I just want listeners outside of the tri-state area to remember and realize how weird Central New Jersey is. <laughs> I would I would love the I would love to get that point across overall. Yeah. It's it's not just it's not just like a forget about it like across this, uh, the river from New York. It's a bunch of weird it's a bunch of weird stuff in the central part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so going back to Google though, um, what happened with Microsoft is they settled. Uh, with their antitrust suit. Um, but there was uh, some report that came out from this firm called BCA Research, and they ran the numbers on past antitrust cases and found that companies that were forced to break up outperformed the market after they were forced to break up. Okay? Really? Yeah, because the market is looking at percentage growth. And if you are smaller, you have you can grow more. Like yeah, wh why are all these developing nations having you know crazy higher annual GDP than the United States, which has been like stagnant, you know, somewhere between one point five and you know two point five for the past thirty years? Because China and India were getting nine percent in two thousand ten because. 
they had a lot more room to grow. And so basically the idea is if you believe in capitalism uh, being a competitive thing, being a competitive marketplace and that being good, um, then breaking up is going to make the pieces smaller, which would allow for more growth. Yeah, it's like having a zucchini plant where you're growing one really big zucchini and you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. It's going to get huge. But if you don't cut it, it's going to suck the life out of the rest of the plant. Yes. I mean, the whole purpose, like antitrust is like this, this zucchini plant is too big for the garden. What did the, what did the, do you know the companies that like were, that, that were big and then that got broken up into little guys? Yeah. So Standard Oil was forced to break up in 1911. Okay. We've all heard of it, folks. And when the case was filed in 1906, their one month return of stock price relative to the benchmark. So how they were performing compared to everyone else, the average of everyone else, they were 15%, 15.8% below average in 1906. When they were forced to break up, they were 4.8% above performance. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Uh, American Tobacco, 1907, they were at negative 8.6. And when they were forced to break up in 1911, they were at 0.8%. So they were performing above once again. Um, and it happened more recently with AT&T. In 1974, they were negative 3.1. And at breakup, they were at 8.9%. Whoa. Huge. Jesus. Huge. Um, so this is like all for stuff that, you know, it's important to always contextualize antitrust as this is all assuming that you think capitalism is good, that you think competition is fair and that competition is like a way to, um, have like a functioning economy and it, within those parameters, um, antitrust is the mechanism for breaking up privately held power in this, in this way. And if you're on the left and yeah. you don't want corporations to have too much power over every aspect of your life, it's still important to break things up and have um, a more diffused and less powerful group of uh, petty tyrants. Yeah, I um, I think one uh, interesting example uh, I just thought of is like something like uh, Boston Dynamics, like um, they they recently got bought by a big a big thing, right? Like um, I think they got bought by google or microsoft or something like that but when, like boston dynamics was is the company that makes those scary robot dogs <laughs> where you see a youtube video of them every once in a while and you're like that's too real <laughs> that's way too real i don't i do not like that uh and it is so much more uh, assuring to think of them as just like one tiny little company than being like oh they got bought by google so now um uh, Google's got the robot dogs now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. So scary. Yes. I mean, because all innovation just ends up getting sucked up into this, like, one company, right? Like, if if you think that innovation is created through competition, then if there's if, – if the only way you can succeed is to get bought by the monopolist, then you're not actually going to create any real – anything – any real innovation. Yeah, no, I was just thinking, isn't that like the premise of Silicon Valley and the in sort of this idea that young upstarts don't even care about making anything innovative? They they're just trying to create apps to then get bought by uh by the Borg, by like the biggest company mm -hmm. that will then um like crush the app instead of actually using it. Right. If it's up if it's act like so there's all these positive innovations that we've had that um that will never see the light of day because mm -hmm. right. the com the big company doesn't, it, it would go against the bottom line of like Google or the big or company Apple. will make like a cheaper, uh, basically like mimic, right. They'll make, they'll make a cop, they'll make a carbon copy of the product and just steal the idea. And then when someone tries to file a patent suit, they'll just throw lawyers at them and, they have an an army of unlimited army of lawyers and just be able to stop them from to stop them from stealing their idea. So it's just like it, it's they're either going to quash it or they're going to steal it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we are all adjacent to entertainment stuff as well, and this sounds just remarkably like what Hollywood literally does with like buying scripts from like young writers and stuff like that. Is they buy something 
And then that doesn't mean it gets turned into a movie or a television show. It means it can literally <laughs> just be <laughs> like shoved on the shelf, it, for, you know, for all eternity. And it's like, okay, I got paid $10,000, but it would, this was like my life's work. <laughs> and it's just, it's just gone now. It feels, it feels so lifeless and, and pointless, you know? Totally. Um, I want to go into one, one weird thing that, um, was reported on by uh, Adrian Jeffries at the markup. Uh, to head off regulators, Google makes certain words taboo. This is from August, actually. And basically, this is uh, everyone knew that you know they were facing this antitrust scrutiny from a long time ago with these with this House subcommittee uh, report that was going to come down. And the lawyers, Google t- lawyers, sent out a an email or like a to all Google employees, one of them said five rules of thumb for written communication. And part of it is saying words that you cannot say when you're communicating to anyone on Google property, whether it's to vendors or to third parties of any kind or internally, um, that might trigger antitrust scrutiny. Basically, they're saying, assume everything that is said will be read by a regulator. And bad words that you can't say. You can't say things like get ahead of competitors. Uh, you can't say things like defensive rationale, acquire a target before there is competition. And then you can't say things like cut off competitors' access to a target. And you can't say these things because that is um, the idea is that you don't want to give prosecutors ammo that you are trying to destroy competition. See, that's why the word innovate got got so popularized. Hell yeah. You know? One of the biggest words right now is resilience. You'll see that everywhere. That's a huge buzzword, especially in, it past, uh, in the time of pandemic. Like, is your, is your city resilient? Is your business resilient? How's your business model? Is it uh, able to withstand all of these um, fluctuations? Uh, I have a friend. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys read uh, Keywords, The New Language of Capitalism, but it was uh, written by John Pat Leary, and he used to have a blog called Keywords uh, for the New Language of Austerity, and it's just Ooh. all of the corporate uh. jargon <laughs> that uh, you would imagine, uh, all the euphemisms put out there to uh, to like you know shore up these these uh shitty business practices so like you know a couple words that he brought up are like a company calling itself nimble robust lean or flexible no (laughs) (laughs) oh no yeah anytime somebody says we'd like to be more nimble that means we're about to fire a hundred (laughs) people immediately (laughs) yep i'm about i'm about to liberate your arms from your torso man that's gonna be great (laughs) i mean whenever they say creative that means they're trying to break the law (laughs) (laughs) and you know yeah and if they're saying like some outdated regulation it's like no that's just a bribery statute that's like still that still exists you know uh you hear that a lot actually in the securities world wherein especially with like cryptocurrencies cryptocurrencies think that they are creating this entire new theory of money but basically they're either a commodity or a currency or a security and they can't really be anything else but they're like oh these are outdated terms it's like no you can't (laughs) money on an app is still money you know (laughs) it's ridiculous uh yeah uh another another, like a lot more corporate uh things that they weren't allowed to say uh they can't say achieve massive scale this is from the google email uh instead they're supposed to say increase user numbers to lower costs uh you're not like you're not allowed to say uh uh things like uh oh what, what was it really quick sorry uh not allowed to say unmatched or unsurpassed you're supposed to say valuable uh it's not so this thing called network effects, uh, which is basically you have subsidiary products or subsidiary companies working together to create an entire like walled off garden, right? Like you have your Apple computer, your Apple phone, your Apple mm-hmm. operating system, all of these things, these network effects to 
cumulatively be able to, you know, have a huge swath of the economy. So right? like uh, but, fully integrated software and hardware over multiple yeah. products. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like an economic lingo, it's like completely like upstream monopoly, right? It's the um, uh, yeah. it's the closed system of the Snowpiercer train. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, you probably wouldn't be able to say fully integrated. They would probably not oh, like no, that. No, 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 no. They so, would, they would, they would hate that term. <laughs> so instead of that, you're supposed to say valuable to users. That's like <laughs> <laughs> that's the alternative. I think, yeah. I think it, I think it's worth noting too, and I'm I'm reaching a little bit here, but this is how you create these like absolutely you know, ridiculous CEOs in, in the first place. Like on one hand, you have Mark Zuckerberg, who is just sort of like this, this guy, this, he looks like a child who had his soul s stolen, you know, mm -hmm. like he's just never willing to say anything more. And then on the other hand, you have Jack Dorsey, who just looks like a cursed wizard who has a painting somewhere that shows, uh, his, uh that shows his skeleton being ripped apart because uh -huh. he's, did too many um, Dorian Gray stuff, like too much of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just get these diffuse. The, the and I mean, like, it doesn't matter if their their real life is, you know, like they actually do want to say all these things. It it just it's weird. It messes with your brain as a mm -hmm. as a consumer to just hear these guys just being like everything is fine all the time. You're just constantly getting, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like gaslit about these kinds of things. It's it just feels. It feels it feels bad, you know. No one's ever really saying what they're thinking, right? Like when yes. if if you work for Google or Alphabet, the parent company, and you are talking about buying a competitor, it, you're not supposed to say the defense rationale for this acquisition is clear: get ahead of the competition and cut off their access to the target's product. You're not supposed to say that because that's all antitrust bad. What you're supposed to say is the rationale for this acquisition is clear integrate the target with Google to improve our products for users. Like you can't Ugh. even like the lawyers want you to be so careful of antitrust scrutiny to avoid saying what you're actually doing to the point that you can't even communicate clearly with colleagues over email because that's probably what that's proving what you're doing is probably illegal dude this reminds me of every uh martin scorsese mob movie or the sopranos whenever anyone's on a phone call with tony it's like uh you you take care of that thing you talk to that guy yeah, <laughs> yeah. no the yeah. other guy <laughs> about the other thing <laughs> it'd be really good for our users if you talk to that guy yeah uh, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be really <laughs> good really for the good. yeah <laughs> it's gonna be really good for uh, all of our affiliates all yeah, of our I friends. <laughs> it, it would be a, ben, a ben, beneficial user outcome of uh, if our friend got integrated into the East River. I'd really, be really lovely if that happened. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. But exactly. you know, David, what what uh, this reminds this makes me just think about. You know, we talked we've talked about this before, but uh, I learned this through doing the show that all of our anti-monopoly rules and regulations at this point aren't really about breaking up businesses they're framed entirely uh around creating the lowest price for consumers and so on one level it sounds like it's good because we're paying less for things but it's a uh, uh ethically it's a race to to the bottom and it, it's sort of like disrupting you know people from being able to like businesses from actually being able to function fairly. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you're, yeah, you're largely right. I mean, like Microsoft was under the Clinton administration and they weren't forced to break up. They had to settle. They settled. Right. Um, even though Microsoft was clearly doing monopolist behavior at the time, it, it's not about size. It's not about competition. It's not about, worker free choice that's way too crazy um it is no. only about consumer price and about you know quality of the product itself that is those are the metrics and that's why the google attorneys are saying don't talk about cutting off the competition talk about how integrating the competition would give more choice for the consumers or whatever you know like it, it you're exactly right. It always needs to be framed as a pro-consumer move 
because our regime only cares about consumers. Yeah, it's I, I, I honestly I really think this I, I, I don't know why I didn't I put it together before, but th- this whole antitrust situation, it completely illuminated why they talk like that. Like, I just thought they were talking like that because they're douchebags, which they are. Yeah, they are douche. They are, you know, San Francisco douchebags who like talking like that. But behind the sort of, you know, the crust of of that situation is a very well-defined legal framework. Yes. It is It is not just about being a yuppie. It is being like, yes. also, you know, cover your bases. Most cultural it, signifiers have underlying economic and legal rationales. Yes. Right? yes. It's not just about one thing or, you know, it's not about you know, Blue Lives Matter isn't about being nice to cops who are killed. It is, there's an underlying ideology underneath it in the same way that integrating the target with Google to improve our products for users um, is a jargon that has an underlying legal protection. And you're, you're certainly going to get, you're certainly going to get your, your goofy actors who are part of that, who just, you know, they just like, that's, they grew up in that culture. That's, that's their whole thing. So they don't think one, way or about it but you know don't don't get tricked don't get tricked it's all for a reason it's absolutely all for a reason it's interesting to see what's going to happen um especially knowing that name redacted uh won the election uh what's going to happen how they're going to continue this litigation uh after after this whether it was all some political theater uh just to drum up support one way or another uh with this antitrust suit i actually don't really think that is the case i don't really think that this was like some political theater that bill barr was doing to be honest mm-hmm. um it seems reasonably bona fide actually um we'll see especially because it's just so bipartisan uh and we'll i don't know and we'll just um we'll, we'll see how it all plays out now that uh name redacted has won won the election yeah man congratulations howie hawkins yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay stay swole, bro. Uh, and uh, yeah, and you know, like I said, or like David and Gabe have been saying, uh, you know, we're recording this before the election. We don't know who's won. Um, the only parting thought that I would you probably leave, don't either, honestly. Like, let's be. Oh, real. I know. Yeah. Oh, I've been in. I've Listen been in the time. I've been in the time hole. I know. Uh, but like, <laughs> I would. I would only. I would only stress to our listeners. You know. Uh, it's you know. It's been. Eight, it's been 18 months. It's been 18 months of all this. And, uh, you know, regardless of what you believe, your ideology, just think that this is this was not a thing that used to happen. This is forced on us uh, instead of actually dealing with real issues that people care about. Uh, we've been we've been I mean, think about it. The, the first the first debate between tw- like what? 20 Democratic people. That was in July of 2019. <laughs> like that's wild man (laughs) like that's that's crazy i was in seattle in uh uh, for the last week and i kept seeing ads for jay inslee uh running for governor and i was like wait a minute that guy ran for president (laughs) 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 that guy guy was part of the democratic party or or the democratic uh nominational like that's insane bill de blasio he was a presidential candidate when they were running for, when they were running for president <laughs> gabe still had glasses that's true yeah yeah that's yeah. yeah so just uh so just remember that uh it's a specific coordinated attack on our minds our mindsets and to never let these uh losers uh forget that they lost uh yeah that's it yeah losers are losers um Anyways, this that's Ponzi Scream. Uh, listen, please like, like, listen, subscribe, um, and uh, follow us on Twitter. Now we have a Twitter uh, that is Ponzi uh, under under dash Scream. What is that called? Underscore handle or under uh, or underscore. Me, yeah underscore. It's underscore underscore yeah Ponzi underscore Scream. Follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. now. We also have a Facebook page, a community page. If you guys want to uh, like that, post any thoughts. We'd love to chat. Um, and, uh, that's all, that's all I got this week, guys. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, and if you have any questions, uh, like please post the Facebook page or Twitter and we'll do our best to answer them and, uh, maybe even address them in the show. 
Yeah. So that's that we want to we want to communicate with the the people who are asking questions. Yep. Yep. One yeah. of us is going to lie to you, and the other two are going to tell the truth. That's right. Uh huh. Just I yeah, guys. Uh, rate, review, <laughs> subscribe, share the podcast with friends that uh, are interested in white collar crime. Okay. Cool. Okay. Good night. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs>